0: Good morning and welcome to this assembly where God is honored, Christ is remembered, and the written words given by the Holy Spirit have our full attention. I'm using the New King James Version this morning, and we're going to begin with a passage familiar to most of us. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned but have not love, it profits me nothing. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself, is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, Does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. But whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I came a man... I put away childish things. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I also am known. And now abide faith, hope, love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. I think English translations only differ slightly in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. But I have a preference for the New King James in this particular chapter in the New Testament, especially at verse 8 and the first phrase in verse 8 love never fails. Three simple words. Love never fails. Listen carefully. When love is defined as written in the Bible, and when that biblical love is in us, and practiced by us, love never fails. Now, that doesn't mean the results you desire will always be the outcome. It means the one who loves as God defines it has not failed regardless of the outcome. Even if those you love fail, even if the struggle that you're in doesn't go away, even if the disease that you have remains, It cannot be said that those who love as God defines love have failed. This morning I want to work with that idea. When love is defined as written in the Bible, and when biblical love is in us and practiced by us, love never fails. Now, the platform for this knowledge must begin with how God defines love. This question is so important. How does God define love? It seems like in our society, everybody thinks they know exactly what love is. So it is defined in millions of ways. I did this a couple of weeks ago. I fired up my internet browser and I found these answers just to give you a small sample. People are describing what love is. Love. We think about it, sing about it, dream about it, lose sleep worrying about it. When we don't have it, we search for it. When we discover it, we don't know what to do with it. And when we have it, we fear losing it. It is a constant source of pleasure and pain, but we can't predict which it will be from one moment to the next. It is a short word, easy to spell, difficult to define, and impossible to live without. Well, there's not much help there. Here's another See if this helps you. The final result of the natural chemical blending of unrelated feelings that one holds toward another, which, once synthesized, create an emotion that is independent of the confines of time or the elements of this existence. Though the vitality of that said emotion inevitably weakens and falters, never does it truly filter. I'm sure that was written by either a lawyer or a chemist. Everybody thinks they know what love is. But listen to this love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy, love does not parade itself, is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things, love never fails. Love is defined by God, by how it behaves in us. The Greek word is agape and that means an attitude first you discover in God himself. He is the creator of love and he perfectly exhibits this love, not just an emotion that fluctuates but an attitude of goodwill and genuine care, willing to sacrifice for others, even though that sacrifice may, in fact, deprive us of something that we may have, some resource. The supreme example of this is God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. John 3.16, God's love has never failed. Even though people, families, nations didn't always respond to his love, God hasn't failed. The failure was on the part of those God loved who didn't love God back. We never locate failure in God Or in anything God has defined and provided for us. So I'm back to the premise well expressed in 1 Corinthians 13 and verse 8. Love never fails. Can I give you four examples? Love never fails. Love never fails To keep marriages together when husband and wife exhibit the love that God defines. I want you to listen, please, in Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5, please. I'm going to start at verse 22. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is head of the wife, as also Christ is head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church, and gave himself for her that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word that he might present her to himself a glorious church not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing but that she should be holy and without blemish so husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies he who loves his wife "...loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother, and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh." This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Let's start with husbands. Give serious notice to verse 25. Love your wives... Just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. This isn't love as defined by the lawyer or the chemist. This isn't just a sporadic emotion. This is much more than what the world defines as romance. Flowers on an anniversary, if you remember, doesn't fulfill this completely, though that's all right. We who are husbands must read this carefully, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. How we act toward our wives is based on how Christ acted for us. And so the bar is set that high. That's the love that God defines. That's the love that never fails. Wives, in Titus 2 and verse 4, older women are charged to teach younger women to love their husbands. This is the love God defines that doesn't seek its own, rejoices in the truth, endures all things. Now, when the husband has embraced the love that God has defined, and the wife have, has embraced it too, love never fails. May I add, if a wife has this love God defines, but the husband rejects that love, it doesn't mean that love is failed, it means the husband has failed so 1 corinthians 13:8 remains an absolute love never fails in the matter of unity among christians love never fails now remember we are speaking of the love that god defines learning to love each other, being steadfast in that love for your brothers and sisters, remembering that love is patient, kind, does not envy, does not behave rudely, that's where unity is found. First, we love God obediently that means we love His Word and keep His Word, and we love and remember Jesus Christ, then that love equips us to love each other. And if I love you as God defines love, and you love me as God defines love, that's the glue that will keep us together. The affection, the permanence of our good relationship. As written in 1 Thessalonians 4 in verse 9, Paul said, Concerning brotherly love, you have no need that I should write to you, for you yourselves are taught by God to love one another. We're talking about love as taught by God. Our country is divided over almost any topic you can bring up. Any issue, any question you can name, our country is divided. Politics, pandemic options and opinions are all over the map. On social media, you can post something perfectly innocent, not really controversial, but if there is a trigger word somewhere in that message, you can be hung out and dried before sundown. It seems everybody is on edge. Everybody is shouting. Everybody is looking for a debate to join. We don't have that here. Because of our faith in Christ, our use of the Word of God, and our steadfast love that God has defined when we have accepted all that God has said about what love is and we've looked to Him for how He illustrates it to us and what Christ did for us, that love never fails. Third, when it comes to conflict resolution, love never fails if that love is the love that God has defined. I'm going to read in a moment from Matthew 18, 15 to 17. Within the framework of that context, what Jesus said here sparked some reaction from Peter. Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? I think Peter wasn't the first person to see the challenge in what the Lord said about forgiveness. But we come to this in verses 15 through 17 of Matthew 18. Moreover, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he hears you, you have gained your brother. But if he will not hear, take with you one or two more, that by the mouth of two or three witnesses every word may be established. And if he refuses to hear them, tell it to the church. But if he refuses even to hear the church, let him be to you like a heathen and a tax collector. Matthew eighteen fifteen through 17. I'll tell you this. When all the parties in a conflict love God and love each other and accept what Christ said here... When love, as God has defined it, is restored and repentance is welcome and forgiveness is granted, what I'm going to say is love never fails. If someone is stubborn and selfish and resistant to legitimate change, when there are grudges and defiance and evil, those attitudes are failures. Love never fails if it is the love that God defines. Turn to the book of Romans chapter 8 for my final point. Romans chapter 8. Love never fails to strengthen us toward victory. I'm going to take us to Romans 8. God in his grace, has granted through Jesus Christ a very clear pathway to victory. Love never fails to get us on that path and to keep us there. Listen to this in Romans 8, 31 to 39. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress That neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Did you hear that in verse 35? What shall separate us from the love of Christ? And then the answer In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Now, our focus is on the love of God and Christ for us that never fails. If we take that love lightly, if we walk away from God and the love he has defined, if we get our thoughts and lives over into disobedience and we stay there, divine love hasn't failed. We have. The founder of CNN once said, Christianity is a religion for losers. He later apologized, but his opposition to Christianity didn't change. Madeline Murray O'Hare, who was based here in Texas, once said, No God ever gave any man anything, nor ever answered any prayer at any time, nor ever will. Well, Ted Turner and Madeline Murray O'Hare were just wrong. All the evidence in the world, in the universe, all the words in Scripture speak otherwise. Messages of hope and victory do not come from Ted Turner or Madeline O'Hare. Messages of hope and victory that give us strength do not come from the lawyer or the chemist or the political consultant. God has ultimately proven that He is for us And the chief expression of that is, He did not spare His own Son, but delivered Him up for us. Does God really care about me? The testimony of this passage and all of Scripture is framed in this question. Will He not freely give us all things? God's love for us does not fail to strengthen us and prepare us for heaven when we respond to His love, choosing to have in us and in our behavior the love He defines. Love never fails to do the right thing, never fails to find and say the right things. Love never fails to react in righteous ways love never fails to uphold the truth and spread the gospel and serve others now remember how I have framed all of this when love is defined as written in the Bible and when that biblical love is in us and practiced by us love never fails people may fail Marriage partners may fail and break up and children are disappointed and go astray and preachers may become false teachers and people may hurt us and bad things may happen that we cannot explain. It is never the verdict that love as God defines it has failed. Now, if you've lost that love, neglected it, Pushed it away. If you have, according to Revelation 2, verses 2 and 4, left your first love, you have opportunity to change as long as you're alive. You can repent and ask for God's forgiveness. Get your heart back in tune with 1 Corinthians 13. Make amends with people you've hurt and get back those good attitudes that you used to have. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It is not puffed up. It does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things, love never fails. If there is obedience you need to render to the Lord this morning, we hope you'll make that choice as we stand together to sing.